welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary for Monday the 22nd of August 2016. This diary entry accompanies podcast episode number 25. And I'm delighted to announce that I have finished The Murder Place. I think that's a week ahead of schedule as far as I can remember. I've got loads of writing done this week. I've been getting up at five o'clock. I can't believe it. I'm sitting there with sleeping my eyes at five o'clock thinking, how am I going to get 5,000 words written? And strangely, I supped the first bit of tea and we're off. On Monday, I got 5,370 words done. On Wednesday, I I just got into the end of the book. I was just so, it all got very exciting. And I always could never stop writing when I do that. So on Wednesday, I wrote 8,355 words. And what I tend to do with my books, I, I always quite like to have the really exciting bit at the end. And then I like it all to calm down when I, I kind of explain bits and just wrap up bits that you need to know. And then I like to just drop something in at the end as a surprise just to keep you reading. Which means that on Thursday, I had the end to write, which was 5,221 words, meaning that this week's grand total of writing was 18,946 words. And um, I'm really pleased with it. It's always a bit worrying, isn't it, when you write something and, and and it just goes straight through. I didn't have any plotting problems with it at all. Very happy with the pace, happy with the characters. And uh, this is why I can't plan, by the way. I do plan, I do have an idea. But um, I had this realisation just when I was writing the end and I thought, did I do that at the beginning? Did I set that up at the beginning and I've forgotten it? Um, but something just occurred to me. I thought, oh, that's that's works beautifully. So I was really happy with the end. <laughs> Lots of lovely little twists and things like that. Um, but this is why I'm a combination between a plotter and a pantser. If I plotted everything out, I'd be bored. I couldn't be bothered to write the book. So there's got to be this element of discovery for me in the book and this ability for me to to change things. Even though I've got that basic structure, I knew where I was going, I knew how it was going to end. And the other thing is, by the way, although these books are self-contained, I didn't want to leave them on cliffhangers. They do all feed into each other. You could read them standalone, but if you picked up book two, you would want to read book one to find out what had happened beforehand. And also you'll want to read book three to find out what happens next. So although they don't leave you just dangling there, each story is completely self-contained, they do suggest the next story in each book. I've now got, a, I think, well, about two weeks off now. Then I start on the third thriller, and i got two months to get that one done. It's a really relentless uh, writing program. I probably won't do this again, but because I decided I wanted to do thrillers, and the indie way is you don't hang around, you just need to get multiple copies out there. And I, I know this from my sci-fi books, that you need one that you can offer for free, and you need to get to a box set scenario as, as quickly as you can. And that's why I've got this ridiculous schedule on with these thrillers. I just want to get them out there as fast as possible. And then in November, so long as I don't get ill or anything like that, if I manage to hit all the targets, I've got a, a short a novella to write. It'll be a, well, it'll be a 50,000 word novella, which is almost a novel, but I count that as a novella. It's a, it's a shorter story for me. Um, that's going to go in November, and then that's going to be my thriller sequence, my initial thriller sequence. The novella will be given away for free, 
and then the three thrillers uh, will will then be sold as a box set and as individual books. So really, uh, really pleased with that. Really happy that it, it keeps coming. And I can't believe it. I'm, I'm beginning to to get all the ideas written down for book three. That I've I've pretty well got the ideas, but I need to get the plot and the the timing and everything like that sorted out for the the third thriller. And and I'm sitting here. I've just written two books back to back over four months, 180 something thousand words. And here I am fretted again about not being able to write the next book. It's just it's just ridiculous. I guess this must never leave you. But I'm fretted about the next one, having written how many words now? Uh, so that just must go with the territory, I think. I'll let you know. Um, so I'm going to have a week or two off. I'm going to do some writing, some non-fiction writing still uh, during those weeks. But that's the fiction done for two weeks. Then I'm back to Thriller 3. And you'll hear my updates about that. And hopefully we'll hit the target and get that done by the end of... October is that right yeah September and October I'm writing that one uh good week for podcast recordings uh Ali Luke has been recorded and Ian Sutherland has been recorded uh both fascinating people to talk to I've got lots and lots of interviews recorded at the moment and I always want to the minute I get it recorded I want to release it to you because I'm so happy with the guests that I'm getting on the program I'm so happy with the information that they're sharing Ali uh, was fascinated because Ali comes from about the same time as me with internet marketing. A lot, a lot of the things that Ali's doing, I recognise. And in the interview, I, I said, I, I could date you by the techniques that you're using. And, and I got it right. Um, it's like valuing an antique or something. You know, I got the date right. And um, so I'm really interested in what Ali's doing. They're using a lot of great internet marketing principles. You learn a lot from Ali. And Ian uh, has reignited my interest in some techniques I was using with Twitter. I was using Twitter... Gee, what, four, four, five years ago? I was using a tool with Twitter a long time ago when I was doing um, joint venture giveaways, something that I was doing in internet marketing. And Ian just mentioned some techniques, and I thought, yeah, yeah I was doing that a while ago, and it was working for me. So uh, Ian has a 10-video series in Twitter. I'm going to work through those over the next week, I hope. And then I'm, I'm going to revisit some of the things I was doing with Twitter because um, he's just reignited my interest in, in a lot of the techniques. And he's doing some fantastic things on Twitter. Absolutely make sure you don't miss Ian's interview either. I had some fun this week with Rachel Amphlett. Now, Rachel is a UK... She comes from the UK, but she lives in Australia. And she's my first Australian guest on the show. And we had great fun trying to find slots for the interview. I think originally Rachel was going to have to get up at 4am in the morning. I said, for goodness sake, don't do that for a podcast interview. But we've managed to find sociable times for both of us. I think I'm about 10 in the morning or something, and Rachel something like 7pm in her time. So that works really well. But again, uh, Rachel, I'm not going to be interviewing Rachel for a couple of weeks just because of her schedule. But really looking forward to talking to Rachel. She's writing uh, thrillers, uh, the sort of you know Jack Reacher kind of stuff. Um same sort of audience. Really looking forward to talking to her about that. And hot off the press, Joanne Phillips, who writes commercial women's fiction, also romantic comedies and contemporary mysteries. Joanne's doing really well in self-publishing and has just been booked in uh, by uh, the people who run, he says, trying to think what the name of it is, the writing festival in York, the one I'm going to in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, Joanne's just been booked in to start teaching courses for those organisers on self-publishing. And that's where I spotted her, did some research that we must talk to Joanne. She's selling a lot of books, doing really well in self-publishing. So she'll be on the show. I think I'm going to interview her very, very soon. And not uh, We've got a date set up, just a bit of a diary clash at the moment. 
but probably early September. And also, I just want to remember, this is another one that's just come in today, hot off the press. Um, I'm going to be interviewing a representative from Kobo um, about, about that channel. Uh, Kobo is something that I'd love to do, but I tried to list my books on Kobo and I had some formatting issues. Now, I'm a, I'm a bit geeky. I, I do my books. Uh, I, I always put the Word file into uh, Kindle and then I download it as an HTML file and I absolutely spruce it up and tidy up the HTML. That's how I do my ebook. So when they're out, I know they're, they're perfect, that the HTML is fine. Um, so I can do that and I do that for Kindle books. But in Kobo, I've had some real bad formatting issues and problems, just a really weird thing that I couldn't solve. And I just got impatient with it and listed on Kobo through draft to digital Now I would rather be listing directly in Kobo. And who was I talking to? Ian Sutherland. It was in the Ian Sutherland interview. Ian was saying how that he's doing really well with Kobo. And I thought, I must really crack this. I got to crack this. And Ian gave me a contact of, of somebody in the UK for Kobo. I got straight to them on LinkedIn. He accepted the, the, the connection request and said, very happy to organize an interview. Uh, so I hope you're going to hear that one sooner or later because he said, we need to get this done in August, otherwise September gets a bit busy. So that'll get recorded very fast and I'll get that out to you as soon as I can. If you've got any questions, by the way, that you want me to ask during that interview, just email them to me straight away. I'd be very happy to put them on your behalf. I had uh, some good fun this week. Um, again, I'm, I'm really I'm getting ready to market at the moment. I'm doing lots of activity that's getting me ready and fit for marketing. And having just finished Mark Dawson's Facebook course, and Mark talking about how video is being pushed on Facebook and that it's a lot cheaper if you're using video, I decided to to, to uh, upgrade the. The little demo. I just played around making a, a promo video for the Secret Bunker. It's 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 not brilliant, but you you get the gist of it. It's quite exciting. And then also, I've had some some video snippets ready for the grid to do a promo video for that. And it's quite expensive to buy those. Uh, but but inspired by seeing Mark's training, I just thought, do you know what? I'm going to do this. I've got a couple of box sets there. I've got the free first in series. I need to be thrashing these books. I've got to get some proper promotion done. And, and gear up with all of this stuff. So promotion's the name of the game for me at, at the moment, but I've got to get some things ready. So what I did is I um, splashed out a little bit more, a bit more money than I would have liked to um, by getting some video snippets, my grid promo video. Now I get my, what I do is I buy video snippets in Photolia. You get some fantastic stuff. If you're doing thrillers or sci-fi, you get some lovely uh, short, they're about a, a minute, something like that, of, of video. And what I do is I, I, I've worked out I can make a, a 30 to 40 second promo video if I get about three of these snippets from Photolia and I buy a piece of, of license-free, I say license-free, I've paid for the license, on premiumbeats.com, which is my fa favourite music site. So the 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 credits on Photolia, I, I, think, I think the video probably costs me I, you buy credits on Fotolo, but I think it probably cost me about £100 for the video snip. It's a lot of money, and it does make me bulk a little bit. Um, and Premium Beat was $48, what's that, 35, £35, quid, I think it is, um, for the rights to use the music that I got. So about £135, £130 to make a video. I know it's a, it makes me uh, wince, it makes me shudder. It's a lot of money. I could spend a lot of that on adverts. But on the other hand, once I've got the promo video done and I'm happy with it because I, I'm able to do them myself, uh, that then becomes an asset and a tool that I can constantly use to promote those books. 
so I just I took the I took the body punch and I paid for the video. I'd already got the video for the secret bunker. Um, I'm pretty happy with the grid video that I've made. What, what I didn't do with the secret bunker is I used the music, I, I, I used the video snippets, and I think I put some stills in there and things, and, and that worked. What I need to do with the secret bunker video is I need to put some words on it. And if you look at the grid video that I've made, the promo video, I've put that on my um, show notes for this week. Uh, you'll see that I've used text to tease the story in there. And I'm really, I'm really happy with the grid promo video. There's one thing I'm not happy with. By the way, if you can answer this question, if you can help me with this, please just drop me an email at paul at paulteague.com. The thing that's frustrated me now on the grid video is that um, I, I've put text on it. I've used, I used Camtasia to mix the video. So very, very simply, I, I create a track for the music. I create a track for the video. And then I, I, over, I put the text on using Camtasia. And what's bugging me about that video, most, most people, frankly, will just see it small on YouTube and see it small in Facebook. But what's bugging me about it is if you open it up and do it full screen, the, the text is not sharp. So I tried a little technique. I went into Photoshop. I created um, invisible PNGs. I know this is getting a little bit geeky with the text on them to overlay. And that doesn't work either because you can see um, you can see a quality behind the text where I've I've used what's the invisible PNG. So I cannot get my text you know HD quality sharp, and that's really bugging me. Um, now again, I'm not going to make it stop me using the video because most people are going to see it small. But if you know how to get around that, please drop me a line because I'm I'm a bit stuck on that now, and and, I, and I'd like to get them as sharp and as quality as I can but if you want to look at the video just have a look at it it's on my show notes for this week I, I, I'm pretty pleased with it uh, you know I'm an amateur uh, I can't afford to get a big company in uh, to do it for me so I'm just a jobbing amateur but I think I could probably I think that's okay for Facebook ads and for um, you know for YouTube promotion I did say that promotion is the name of the game at the moment the, the reason I'm not putting everything into action immediately because I am a kind of get on with it sort of guy is because I need to review my email marketing my email marketing's been sitting there for a while it needs a refresh um, I've got three essentially I've got three email marketing sequences you've got social and digital marketing you've got the podcast so self-published authors and then you've got the books, the, the fiction, the, the author part of me. So those are my three channels in email marketing. And at the moment, I've got it set up so that if you get one of my freebies, if you if you subscribe, you'll get an automated follow-up sequence of emails. So I, I, think, I think in all three cases, I, I think this is right, you'll get an automated sequence of emails, follow-up emails over a 90-day period. And I set those all up ages ago, and they just need refreshing now. And the other great thing is I use GetResponse for email marketing. Now, if you've come to me via the Alliance of Independent Authors or you've seen some of the things that I've done uh, with training, I always train MailChimp. If I'm doing a beginner session on email marketing, I will always train MailChimp. And in actual fact, when I'm teaching businesses, I, I teach them with MailChimp and I spend the whole day telling them how much I hate MailChimp and that I, I wouldn't recommend it in the long term. But the simple truth is, MailChimp is actually the best thing to use if you're completely new to email marketing, if you're strapped for budget and you've never done it before. Because it, 
MailChimp will give you 2,000 contacts and it'll let you send 12,000 emails for a month. Frankly, that's going to do you for a long, long time. And that's why MailChimp is the right thing to start with. But frankly, the minute you start throttling things up and you get a decent list and you want to do ambitious things, MailChimp's out the window. It gets too expensive too fast and you need to be getting on with something else. Now, one of the things I am watching at the moment is something called, is it ConvertKit? ConvertKit, I think it is. Uh, I'm keeping my eye on that because that looks interesting. But I'm using at the moment GetResponse, and I have used GetResponse for several years. And I used GetResponse at scale when my list was 20-something thousand. I've boiled it right down now because lists get less responsive over time. And my lists were essentially internet marketing list so i think I, it was about twenty five thousand at its peak it just it's you know people lose interest i've deleted them removed them and done all sorts of things with them so i'm down to about about four and a half thousand i think i'm down to at the moment on my list um and that's a kind of responsive engaged interest list interested list so um the other thing about get response recently is they've introduced all sorts of levels of brilliant automation so i need to i need to build in automation and, and the sequences are going to be that people come into my funnel depending on what they click and what they want. I could put them onto all sorts of sub-funnels and I can get all complicated with it. Um, and, and that's what I'm going to need to do the work on. So for the next week, certainly all weekend, for the next week, I'm going to be working on email sequences, sprucing them up, making sure that they're working much better and doing them much more intelligently because by the time I'm spending money on Twitter ads, uh, probably some YouTube ads and on Facebook ads, I want to make sure that when I'm getting people into my funnel into my email marketing funnel, my funnel is really hot and, and it's ready to go and it's engaging and I'm going to make the most of those leads and prospects when they come into my funnel. So I'm getting all the bits right around it, then I'm ready to start paying some money for some marketing and that's what I intend to do. I'll keep you up to date with that, but that's going to be my non-writing work next week. I told you that I had some agent interest last week and that I wasn't holding my breath. Well, <laughs> it came the knockback arrived on Monday just as I anticipated uh, and um, whenever I get one of these knockbacks you know whenever I get an email saying you didn't get shortlisted in the competition or you know whatever um, I always get this feeling this crushing feeling of dejection that that immediate you know I'm wasted my time my writing's rubbish uh, I'm never going to have any success with this uh, why am I bothering that's that's all and I must stop this but that's always my my instant reaction. And then um, I always, uh, and this is why I need to stop it, because I always pick myself up. You know, something else happens that's positive and I forget all about it and I'm on my way and, and I'm all positive again. And I, I, I want to train myself to, to stop that feeling of dejection when, when the knockback comes, because you, I'm going to get a lot, I, get, I have got a lot of knockbacks and I'm going to get a lot of knockbacks in this game. And we have to learn to take it on the chin every time. And what I would like to do is lose that little dip that I have every time that rejection comes in. Um, because I, I, I do and keep picking myself up off the floor and, and getting back up. It took me, uh, I, I was 18 when I decided I wanted to get into radio. Uh, it took me, how old was I when I got into radio? It took me at least eight years to get into radio. Um, eight years of doing, trying hospital radio, doing student radio, trying to keep it all going when I had to get a job. It took me a long, long time to get into radio. And when I got into radio, and, and there was a time uh, I can remember 
when I just uh, I was doing a show, a Sunday show, and I was teaching, and and I was just thinking, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? I'm just am I just wasting my time? And interestingly, actually, today I, I went to see the David Brent movie, and I got that feeling again. Um, the David Brent movies cashed all his pensions in to um, you know to to do this musical career that he really wants to do, and and he's just failing. He's he's failing badly with it. Um, it's just not kicking off, and the money's just all burnt off. But he he just uh, he's a lovely flawed character, uh, David Brent. But he just keeps going, and and the one of the points at the end of the film is is that the guys in the office you know, will we'll just stay in the office all their lives. They'll never have a punt at something like that. But at least David Brent, he had a punt. And and that's what we're doing as authors. We're all having a punt. And we're all doing our best. And we're giving it a shot. And we're not those people who sit there saying, all of their lives, I'm going to write a book one day. I'm going to write a book one day. And they never do it. We're, we're doing the work because we're authors. We're getting the books written. And the books that we're writing now might not be the books that create our breakthrough, but with every book, we get better. And I have to keep reminding myself of this because I, I veer from the kind of, am I David Brent? Uh, am I, you know, am I just risking too much? Should I just go back to work and, and give it up as a bad job? But then I remember that it took me eight years to get into radio and that gave me a brilliant, you know, a really enjoyable uh, 18, 20 year career at the BBC. Was the eight years worth it? Of course it was worth it because if I hadn't done all of that for eight years, I'd have still been a teacher and I'd have been very unhappy uh, as a teacher. So it's it's really worth it. But when you're pushing to do it, when you're trying to get there, sometimes it can feel thankless and you can feel like you're wasting your time and you can have some quite big uh, downs. But I think the trick is, and you know, again, I know this for radio because I've travelled this path before. I desperately wanted to get into radio, and I just didn't think I had it in me many, many times over several years, and then finally, you know, got it and had that career. So I just have to keep reminding myself of that: is pick yourself up, dust yourself down, get back to the writing and doing the job, and if you keep going, hopefully you'll get there. Let me just uh, read you the rejection letter. I'm not going to tell you who it was from, and I haven't mentioned who it's from, so I want to preserve the anonymity here. But uh, let me just tell you the phrase that I got. Um, what was the phrase? Oh, <laughs> in this competitive, in this very competitive market, we are simply not enthusiastic enough about our ability to sell this work to offer representation. We're simply not enthusiastic enough um, about our ability to sell this work to offer representation but it was a nice letter I'm not uh, I'm not sort of dissing the letter I thought the word choice was unusual it signed off with we wish you the best of luck uh, placing this successfully and thank you for letting us consider it so it was a nice letter it was an encouraging letter um, and you know I'm just I'm grateful that they uh, had a look at it turned it round and what it tells me is if they read the first whatever it was 5,000 words and they liked it enough to ask for a follow-up that I'm not wide of the mark I'm not too wide of the mark. And I also appreciate that this experience for the the agents and for the publishers is like Dragon's Den. They're taking a punt on a business. And if they don't think they can sell it, there's absolutely no reason why they should put their money into it. So there you go. Bit of excitement. It came and it went. And I'll let you know if we get any more bites or any more nibbles. But they're always exciting. They're always a bit disappointing when they come back. But we pick ourselves up and we just carry on with it. Um, don't tell Meg. Uh, Helen Fasal, my uh, editor, 
did an excellent job on the first chapter. I'd asked Helen to uh, get the first chapter done because I need to send that to the Festival of Writing in York because three ed three agents are going to get that. Uh, and then I'm going to get some feedback from agents at the Festival of Writing in York. Um, so I'd asked Helen to turn that around really fast. I I've got to tell you, I'm so pleased with Helen's work. She just did a brilliant edit uh, on that chapter. I just value her feedback uh, so much. The, the other thing is there was um, a lot of red ink on that, the, the equivalent of red ink on a Microsoft document. Helen was so uh, thorough. And here's a really important thing about a relationship with an editor. I never feel like crap when I get Helen's feedback. And uh, I always feel like uh, with Helen that she's she really wants the work to be as good as we could make it. I really feel like I'm working in partnership with somebody. Uh, now, you know, I, this is another area where I need to toughen up my skin. I'm not very resilient with this stuff. And, um, you know, I am sort of very sensitive to people criticizing stuff and, 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 and negativity. But I just don't get that with Helen. I'm, I, I, that doesn't mean I'm happy. I'm, I'm very happy to take feedback, but it's very important to me the way the feedback comes. If it makes me feel crap, then, then it's just not good for me. It's not a good relationship. I need to feel, I need to feel good and feel positive about the stuff. And I, and, and Helen's put, put loads of stuff in there. And, and when I look at it, I just look at it and think, Joe, this is all good stuff. This is great stuff. I'm very happy to take this on board. It always feels like we're working together to make the work better. And I don't feel like I'm a rubbish writer when I'm doing it. I feel like Helen's making me a better writer. So um, a couple of things there, you know, number one, just about the editing experience. But number two, if you don't feel that with your editor, get another editor, make sure that you feel happy. Um, and, it, and, it, and it bigs you up and makes you feel better not worse about the writing that you're doing i've given it another look uh, based on helen's comments uh, you, I, I always some some i do some i don't uh, but i always i always welcome the recommendations that's gone off to those um, three uh, agents for the festival of writing in york and then i'm off to the festival of writing on the 9th 10th and 11th of september um, again, you know, usually the agent feedback, it's like you just want to go off and have a little sob in the corner. Um, but um, I'm really, I, it was really educate, uh, educative for me last year, uh, putting the secret bunker through three agents. And I just realized I had I would have to up my game, um, you know, to get a bite from an agent. So I'm coming back this year, having learned all those things. And I, I hope this is why I'm writing thrillers because I think they're more easily accessible to the to the agents, and I'm really interested to see what feedback I get. I, I'll let you know when I come back and record it on this podcast. Uh, this is a long one again today. I'm sorry about that, but um, I, I'm getting some nice feedback from uh, you know uh, from a couple of couple of people um, saying that they really like the diaries. So I, I'm going to keep these up and just keep giving me your feedback. Too long, too short, you know, more, more of this. Just let me know what what you think about it because I want it to be useful to to you but I'm, I'm hearing from other self-published authors that these diaries are useful to them in that they like to just hear what's going on um i've uh, the borderlines in carlisle which is a local writing festival which is taking place in october a uh, bit of excitement this week the brochures are out i need to get a brochure actually because i see my name in print which is very exciting and they're starting to promote it now on the website my mugshot's on there and my booking page is on there and um, you know they're pushing it on Facebook and social media, so that's getting very exciting. Uh, I am doing a self-publishing fast start three-hour training session on Saturday the eighth of October. Uh, it's a paid event, so I, I get paid for doing it, which is fabulous. It's the first time 
Is it the first time? No, it's not the first time I've been paid to talk about self-publishing. Uh, but it's a, I'm being paid to talk about self-publishing, which is great because that's helping me to build my authorpreneur career. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I really like teaching that stuff. Um, so let's just hope we sell some tickets now. Um, but that's exciting to be at my first book festival talking about my self-publishing experiences and telling other people how to do it. So far, I'm just trying to think. I think it's two, two people have have self-published a lot of people sit in those rooms and say yeah yeah we're going to self-publish and they never do it but two people that i know of i think it's two it might be three i'm, I'm feeling that there's three but i can't think who the third is at least two people have self-published as a result of the first session that i did of this and one of them is doing extremely well with their self-publishing they did it through matador so um you know i love doing this and if you could inspire a couple of people to to just get that book out i think that's a fabulous feeling when you can do that um, I've also been asked to do another presentation for the Alliance of Independent Authors. Uh, they've got an upcoming Frankfurt Book Fair, Indie Author Fringe, and I'm going to do. I've been asked to do a video presentation on time management for indie authors, which I'm really looking forward to doing. Uh, hopefully, the fact that I'm, I think I'm fairly productive as an author, uh, and I have a, a day job to keep down as well. I don't work every day in the day job; usually two to three days a week. Uh, working with businesses, um, you, you know, usually keeps enough money coming in to, to, to bootstrap the rest. Um, so I do have a job to balance with that. And I do have to work to keep the money coming in um, to, to pay for all of this. Uh, so I'm going to be talking about the time management techniques that I've learned and the, the techniques that I use. And that'll be going up, uh, I think that's October that goes up. Um, very, very happy that my guest blog post on the Alliance of Independent Authors. Uh, that's got, well, at the time of recording this, it was about 92, 93 Facebook shares. I'm hoping we break 100 on that uh, by the time I finish. But I, I'm really pleased with that because it's more than I could have possibly achieved on my own. And that was effectively a guest blogging post. So if you've not tried guest blogging, always choose the outlets because you want to be guest blogging on a blog where somebody's going to get you some traffic. You don't want it to be like, you know, hello, is there anybody there? It, it needs to be on a, on a post that can get you and grow your audience. So I'm pretty pleased with that. Um, you know, nearly 100 Facebook shares, and I'm sure it'll be 100 by the time we're done with it. Um, I couldn't have achieved that on my own, not with my own blogs, my own sort of social media outlets. So I'm very happy with that, and that was a very well worthwhile experience. I'm looking forward to doing more uh, for the Alliance of Independent Authors over time. Okay, we're running at 30 minutes this week. I do apologise for the length of that, um, but I will keep you up to date, as ever, in my podcast diary next week. Do drop me a line if you've got anything that you want to uh, say to me or you want me to ask Kobo in particular. Or if you've got feedback for the podcast, please let me know uh, by emailing me at paul at paulteague.com. In the meantime, have a great week of writing. and I'll be back in a week's time. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.